Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Gaines, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone, and welcome to week 12 of Free Devs and a Maybe, the podcast for web enthusiasts, programmers, and, and generally everything web. As usual, I am joined by the brilliant Lewis Keynes. Well, good evening, and thank you for that. <laughs> and the amazing Ed Mann. Too kind, too kind. And uh, also, uh, we, are, we are hosted by the great Mickey B. Oh. But, but you need it as well, you know. Thank Ed, you. I've already got a bone to pick with you. Oh, <laughs> where, where's your welcome back music? Oh, no, I completely forgot. Well, that was on Twitter and I was thinking, I can't top you with your Eminem, can I? <laughs> I listened to that again on the way. Return, Return of the Man. Oh, I told you, Return that's the one. Dun, Go for it. Dun, dun. Oh dear, but um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I couldn't top that. I listened to it on the way up to Scotland again that bit, and it was so good. <laughs> oh dear, podcast gold. So, how was Scotland? Yeah, it was really good. The weather yeah. was a lot nicer than down here, surprisingly. Yeah, um, that, it's quite shocking, isn't it? I know. It's, we this down south. It's just seemed it down south in England. If everyone from the across the world, because we're millions now, millions of people are listening to this. Uh, you know, <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, it's pretty bad down south at the moment. And it was just like I went all the way up to John Groats, and the sea was calm. Everything was calm. There was no rain, and I just thought to myself. Back down in Land's End, that must be, it's completely the bipolar opposite. And yeah, yeah, crazy. But yeah, it was good weather. Pretty, I mean, there was a little bit of rain in Glasgow, but other than that, it was a pretty good uh, couple of days. Yeah. I must admit, I love Scotland. I think it's one of the most stunning places I've, I've ever been to, actually. And when I went, it was it was chucking down with rain. It's one of those places that still looked amazing, even when it's like grey and rainy. I suppose they, like, have to, they have to like do that, don't they? Because cause they deal with so much rain. <laughs> they kind of have to be, you know. They don't have the option. I'm only joking. Exactly. Love you, Scotland. <laughs> uh, how about you, Lou? You had a good week. Uh, I've had a, an okay week. I'm I'm yeah. trying this week desperately not to say um because every single <laughs> well, you've every... just done it, so you failed. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, that's the first fail. And to be honest, I've probably already done it so far without realizing. But um, have you? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, but I've, I've been listening. Um, has he? I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure. I think it was an um, uh. I don't I'm... know. Is it a uh? <laughs> oh, oh, that no. joke fell on its ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was listening to the fifth one we did on uh, source editors and IDEs earlier on. Yeah. And I must have, I must have, in the first five minutes, I must have gone, uh, um, uh, <laughs> about ten times. And I was like, God, I'm, it's not, it's not a good state of affairs when you're getting annoyed listening to yourself speaking. Oh, we all do, mate. It's uh, yeah, it's not a nice experience listening to your own voice, but um, you sound great, mate. You sound really good. I always um, sound like I've got a really bunged up nose as well. So um... <laughs> me too. What? <laughs> how about your V card nightmare? Is that is that all in the past now? It's it is a, a matter that has been resolved. Excellent, I would say, but it's it's not one that I still fully understand. Okay, why it works? Um, oh, I did it again. I did it there. That was that's when. <laughs> Right. I... <laughs> Don't you worry. Oh, dear, this is going to be really hard, but I'm, I'm consciously trying not to do that. There's, yeah, they're basically... Uh... <laughs> the more you think about not, not gonna... doing it, the more you're going to yeah. do it. I'm just going to have to speak normally, and if it happens, it happens. Exactly. Don't worry about it. Ed, Ed got in touch. The, uh, the my, my good friend, Ed Mann. Hello, Ed. Hi. That's what, that's, yeah. Uh, 
Oh, he he, uh, he basically sent me through like a, a nice little snippet of of code, which was like something I'd tried to use before, where um, rather than actually reading it out of the file, you declare it in a PHP. It's a here doc, that thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just it's a string, pretty much, just like a raw string, but yeah, because you can then do it on new lines, you don't have to worry about concatenating afterwards. Exactly, yeah. So basically, I, I used that, and all the relevant bits, like the name and the contact details and everything like that, I I replaced that with um, with the data that I needed to include, and then underneath what I had, what I originally had, I I, I had a path to a file, and then I was using uh, the PHP headers to tell it it was a V card, and then I was using read file. Yeah. Uh, which was a which was a command that I found on quite a few articles, and I'm pretty sure that I even had that working at one time, like the first time I got it working locally. So I had that in place, and I so I switched that over to Echo as well from um, from the thing that Ed sent me, and the combination of all of those things seems to have made it work. So okay. it's it's one of those things. Have you ever done that where you look at the working solution and you think, well, I've I'm sure I did that about 10 steps ago. So why is it suddenly working now? Like every day of my life. Um, yeah, it just goes that way sometimes, doesn't it? Sometimes you think, well, this looks syntactically, it looks fine to me. I'm getting no errors. I have no idea why it's not working. You take it out, do it again, and it works. And you think, yeah. what What was going on? Um, another, another weird thing, when you use a, a PHP here doc, you have, to, you have to glue it to the left side of your editor. Okay. So there's effectively there's no line spacing because if you if you don't do that then it breaks the whole string and um, really you know you know like when you've got a PHP string if you don't close it off with a quote yeah. the rest of the code highlighting goes all skew if and it doesn't break it properly if you don't so it's not like a so gone is that like a white space issue I get I guess so it's just it's is, just is that like a white space <laughs> is that a white space issue. I think so. I think I think it must be something to do with with white space. But you yeah, know what I mean I it's annoying. It, oh, sorry, we keep bloody talking over each other. Oh, swore. It's first time swearing on a podcast as well. Apologies. Boo! I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we've lost. Oh, I think we, I don't know if we've lost Mickey. Are we having audio <laughs> trouble? Um, I don't. I, I hope not. Skype. Damn. No, I, I'm hit. Yeah, I could. Yeah, oh, he no. is, he's skipping all over. Like, issue. He's Who, skipping all skipping? over. Uh, no, I think it, it must be Mickey. Boo. Um, I, I, I'll quickly, well, you know with the um, the the gist I sent you, Luke. Yeah, are we going to go back over that bit, or are we just? Gonna oh, we might as well keep it going. We're a we're a free love podcast. Um, <laughs> but with, with that stuff, with the with that, it was interesting because you use, you said you were using read file, uh, read file. Yeah, and uh, read file is quite interesting because I think it make because I remember you saying about an output buffer, and it requires you to have an output buffer. Well, here's the weird thing. When I when I first came back to you yesterday, and I and I was like, Hallelujah, I've got it working brilliantly. I still had read file in, and I commented out my um, my ob start function in my index file, which is which I I can't remember why I put that. I was having header issues, and I thought maybe this is something I'll come back to and look at later, because you know that's kind of a, a bit, I guess, maybe a hacky way around the old um, header issues that you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but the weird thing is, <laughs> I, I commented it out, and it and it worked, and then I undid the comments, and it still worked. So then I was getting confused. So then I was getting, rather than saying um, that it was able to import the card, it was saying it was able to import the card, but there are errors. But even though when the card went in, it worked. So um, that's when it, that's when I got rid of the read file thing and went with the echo because then I was able to have the best of everything in there. That's it because I think because I know that because uh, it, it, it stores it in out the read file is really good for large files. 
but we've with files like maybe file get con- I don't know if you use file get contents in the end, which this uh, year, yeah. because if they yeah just just jump dump it in that way. And, uh, that's that's what, another thing that I tried file get contents. I tried I tried literally every single combination, and I still can't pinpoint exactly what it is that that that's the working solution now that was that was so different apart from the the read file in the echo. So rather than reading the V card out of a file, I'm just literally echoing that V card string from the controller function that I'm using. Ah, right. Well, the mysteries of PHP, hey? The mysteries yeah. of PHP. I don't, oh, dear. I, we, we appear to have lost uh, Mr. Bud. Oh, I think so. oh, he's back. He's back. Am I, am I back? You are back. You are back. What is happening with your internet? Well, basically, just don't get your internet through Utility Warehouse. I thought um, you were going to, yeah, we go, break them. Leave them alone, all right? I thought you were going to say car phone warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Either or. I'll probably get sued for saying that, but who cares? Um, yeah, they I are a sponsor, so... Can, I, can I just point something out? We, we appear to be um, acknowledging an elephant that isn't in the room. That's oh, true. Well, we haven't gone through, have we? This, yeah. yeah. I can't help but notice that one of our uh, one of our good friends isn't here. Yeah, we should explain, I guess. Um, yeah, as you all know, uh, one of our beloved colleagues, Fraser Hart, is not with us tonight. Uh, I think he might be off for a few weeks because he's actually gone to a flower arranging course. Um, because for you guys who don't know, or you might have seen on his blog, he's very, very passionate about flower arrangement. It's so, a bit weird. I remember when I first saw him and I was like, a bit odd, but yeah, this guy, you know, he's a man's man, but he likes flowers. But <laughs> it's really you know odd, isn't it? Like, where the flowers? You is, those but two things it works be... really well for him. He gets all the ladies for it. You know, people call me the player, I mean. But, yeah, yeah, and he's literally won, won awards, hasn't he? <laughs> a lot. If you go to his blog, you see, yeah, it, you can't knock it if he's doing that well in it. So, yeah. fair game so, to the guy. Um, I hope you have some. Yeah, it's something I think he's he's looking at maybe moving into uh, after web. So uh, yeah, good luck, Fraser, and hope it's all going well. And uh, we'll we're looking forward to having you back when you yeah. when you're all done. And take some photos. We'd love to see uh, how that's going. So, but yeah, Fraser will be back in at some point. So don't worry. Um, but yeah, uh, Ed, I think we talked about your week. You're you're in Scotland, but uh, how about anything uh, program related, uh, programming related? I should well, say. Well, yeah. I've got a couple of things. Because obviously being away for a week, I've got like this backlog of a couple of links that I wouldn't mind showing off. Uh, yeah. Have any of you ever heard of CSSreset.com? Uh, I've heard of a CSS reset file. Yeah, same, yeah. <laughs> uh, so CSSreset.com is pretty much just a abrogation of all of the CSS resets that are like, you know what normally happens when you start a project, you go and find the CSS reset, maybe Eric Mowry is one and stuff, and he's got an awful website to copy it from. But this website, literally, you go on it, click on the, it uses the Z-clip flash thing, quickly get the minified version, dump it in your browser, dump it in your uh, Sublime Text or something, which is great. Uh, it's a nice, quick you know, web, web, website to go to. Definitely have that in your bookmarks. Um, another thing is you might not need jQuery.com. A couple of weeks ago, that was making Twitter headlines Ooh. with the fact that, um, you know, it, it shows alternative to say, look, why do you always need to load up this big old thing? Even though jQuery isn't that big, it's pretty much the average size of what a normal picture is if you start adding that to your website. But it says do you really need to add jQuery onto this website? And here's alternatives in the actual, you know, browser, you know, works with IEs that can actually work instead. Interesting. Really? Wow. See, that's, I a, guess that's a cool lift. It gets used a lot for, it might just be needed to polyfill a tiny, tiny thing. And then they that's just... exactly you know, it, you know, and they add that dependency. And I mean, it's interesting, but I still go with the fact that I know I'm bringing, you know, this bulldozer to a... 
I don't know. That yeah. was a pretty bad analogy. But, you know, it's ridiculous <laughs> like, to think that not to not use jQuery because it will probably be cached in your browser anyway. And developers that are mm-hmm. coming in are more likely to going to understand the code written by jQuery than maybe your weird, hacky way around, even though it's probably not going to be commented because you just copy and paste it from this site. So it's a good thing to learn for a learning curve and to be confident in straight JavaScript. But, yeah, yeah take it with a pinch of salt, really. Um, another thing I did this week was I was playing around with uh, SSHFS. So the idea of that is it's similar to Expand Drive, which is a Mac um, OS X um, application. But what it does, it uses Fuse, which is file system, um, file, uh, no, was it a file system over user? No. Hi. Hello. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just realized that well, your mic net almost cut out as well. This has not been a good day. Um, so it uses Fuse, which is file system in user space. Yeah. And the great thing about this then is you're able to actually implement file systems that use underlining different technologies, not just a hard drive. So you can do stuff like your Dropbox will come into it. I mean, you see that with a folder, but you can actually make it look like a drive. One of the great things, you could pretend that at the, your SSH connection, say to your server, is itself a drive on your machine or a volume right. on your Mac. Okay. Um, I wrote a blog post on it. It's really useful for stuff like, I mean, sometimes you do just want to be able to go in and you don't want to have to terminal in or upload a file via SSH, you know, SSH and stuff. You just want to be able to look at it as if it was a local drive and play around online and yeah it's a really simple command it's a quick installation and stuff and yeah just it's, it's definitely worth it that sounds um quite similar to something that we did at work recently because we've um we, we you know we started looking at git and things like that but uh, as a temporary measure we've actually started bringing in um, beyond compare and um one of the things you can't do with beyond compare is a um an sftp connection but the way that you can get around it is if you can map that drive, ah, you can then yes. do and compare that yes. way. Are you using Macs then, or are you using no. Windows? <laughs> Windows. Windows. Windows, yeah. Does that come with it for free, I want to say? I say free, like um, box, or do you have to buy any software? You, to... I, actually, I think on the um, on the Beyond Compare website, they actually tell you where this open source software is to, to map. Ah, so it's a common problem, that's why then they yeah. start. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And finally... Uh, it's completely not computer related, but it's awesome. It's something called Cola Rebel. Okay. So it's, I'm drinking one now. It's cola, but with chili. Oh. That sounds proper weird, but it, it's the, the, their uh, slogan is the world's strongest cola with chili. And I got it from the 99p shop at, like, <laughs> as a joke, and now I've started loving it. Um, it's probably yeah. really bad for me. It's probably got loads yeah. of crap in it, but it's lovely and it makes it, it just tastes great. So, how much did you get paid for that sponsorship for that drink? Um, I'm podcast? saying I won't say anything, but Coda Rebel, it would change yeah. your life. <laughs> uh, what's another one? Coda Rebel, it defines you. Can I get a bit a bit political for a moment? Uh, it depends on the political. Coda Rebel doesn't sponsor anything. <laughs> what do you What do you guys make of this whole neck nominate thing? This what? Oh, that is yeah. No, I don't like that at all. Horrible, isn't it? Do you not heard of it, Mike? No. What am I missing out on? Oh Christ! I, well, basically, the the first person who ever did it necked a, a drink of I don't know what the, what the actual rules are, but they they necked a drink whether it was a pint of whatever. Yeah. And then what they do they they neck their drink and then they nominate three people that to then do the same thing, and it becomes like a viral thing. And I and I think the challenge is are you to on your sofa. Yeah, I am. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The um, the challenge becomes to like drink weirder drinks, weirder and weirder drinks, and, oh, no. and then like keep nominating three people, and it and it has gone really viral, and people have actually died now 
doing it because oh, they're no. they're doing stupid, stupid things like pouring in like bottles of Jägermeister to a pint glass and wow, like proper crazy stuff. You know, you know, like when you're at university and stuff, you you yeah. do a few stupid things or whatever. But like yeah. these, these are. I mean, I don't know. From I, I think it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Well, I mean, it's it's a bit of fun if it's used in the right way, but it's it's obviously now starting to get really competitive, and people are yeah, people are actually dying from doing this. Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, alcohol is poison, right? You just well, yeah. yeah. Do you know what isn't poison? Kind oh. rebel. Kind <laughs> rebel <laughs> defines you. I neck nominate it. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, please, no, 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 no. But yeah, they're basically what you'll you'll get like an email through or like a Facebook message or something from one of your friends saying that they neck nominate you to to do this challenge. And I just say neck off. So yeah, and to any- pretty much if anyone does it, just neck off, and that's goodbye. Yeah, right. if anyone's thinking of nominating me, then you know, I couldn't think of a more of a worse way you could be wasting your time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely in though. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not at all. Uh, yeah, that's that's a bit weird. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah I know it's a bit off the topic, but it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been in the news. I'm surprised you haven't seen it or heard I've, of it. I've been a proper hermit crab this week. Just I, I've no idea what's going on in the outside world. It's just it's just been frantic. No, on raining again, floods. Uh, yeah, and neck nominate. I'm pretty sure that's it. Ed, anything else? Um, I've, Fra- I've, I've got... just gone on this some um, floristry course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. I've got um, a couple of tweets of the week. Yep. Um, I am develop is a developer is one of the greatest accounts in the history of the world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to find tweets of the week, you just you have to go go through what he's been posting the last couple of days. Um, one of these is great. Is I've been using Vim for about two years now, mostly because I can't figure out how to exit it. <laughs> Brilliant. That's followed by. Well, did you enjoy this one, Mickey? Is uh, developers don't sleep, we wait. <laughs> You just can't That's beat true. him. He's just constantly knocking it out of the park. And it, yeah, it's just crazy. I don't know whether it's a couple of people doing it or this guy who's just a really yeah. funny dude. Can you I, have I've, just gone onto his, I've just gone onto his Twitter page and I've just seen one really funny. Yeah. Get, get, <laughs> get blame sunshine, error. Get blame, get blame moonlight, error. Get blame good times, boogie. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's put one of my him and Ricky Gervais. I think are probably the two most entertaining people I follow. Yeah, on Twitter. So is Ricky Gervais actually funny on Twitter then? Because Very a lot funny. of these celebrities don't really no, do much. He's absolutely brilliant. Even if you're not a Ricky Gervais fan, you know, just forget that it's Ricky Gervais. It's just funny because he, he a lot of it is he's a really really strong atheist and he's just fighting off all these people that are trying to uh, to convert him. And it, it's, <laughs> brilliant. it's brilliant reading. I had someone follow me today called Girl Pain. Uh, and I don't want to say anything bad in case she's one of, she might have got my details free, listened to our podcast. I'm not going to say anything derogatory. But uh, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I don't know what I'm going to have in common with that, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, I dread to think what she tweets about, to be honest with you. But if it's kind of time of the month type stuff, then I'm definitely going to uh, stay All away. All I know from. is that she definitely <laughs> drinks Cola Rebel. <laughs> How much money do you get per reference to Cola Rebel? I don't know. I'm working it out. You know, it's someone who's like rolling, <laughs> you know, rolling release cycles. Brilliant. Oh, well, Lou, do you, have you had anything from uh, Laravel Gestapo this week? No, no, no. no. I, I, I think they must have. Uh, I don't follow them though, mind you. Oh, okay. the first time they I follow you. Them, they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured I didn't need to follow them. No, I, I don't know if that's something that um, that kind of started and finished at more or less the same time. Okay. 
No worries. Um, Can I just read out one more I Am Developer tweet that I've just seen? <laughs> Wally wears stripes because he doesn't want to be spotted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair play. Oh, dear. Fair play. He's funny. Um, any, um, any hot picks from you, Lou, for this week? Hot pick? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Not actual like um, tutorial or plugins wise, but what I what I have done, I got really rebellious last night, and I've upgraded my terminal on my uh, on my laptop. Yeah. I'm now um, I'm now rocking iTerm two. I, I didn't even know there was you could do that. I, that I've heard about that. I've never actually played with it. How well, are you enjoying not, it? it? It's a slight. It's a slightly. Well, it's it's just a better version of the terminal, basically. Um, okay. oh, I did it again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it, it's really it's really nice. It's nicer looking, and you can get loads of themes and stuff. And I got the idea idea of it from from um, from a Laracast tutorial, one which I subscribe to, the Jeffrey Way um, Laravel yeah. series. I must I don't watch a lot of the Laravel videos, but I do watch the ones that are kind of generic. He releases because, a um, lot of those, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, they, I, they definitely pump out. Is it a lot? Is it more people now? Or is it still just Jeffrey Way doing that? Because I know it's no, I think, he might, I, think job. He, I think he does all of it. I've got a hell of a lot of respect for him. You know, I think he's brilliant. <laughs> It's just um, just not so much the Laravel stuff that I follow at the moment. But like this one last night was setting up how he basically he's got a new computer, so he thought it'd, it'd document how he set up his his development environment using um, using Vagrant and going through all those kind of things and and what bits and bobs he uses. And yeah, he I term and um, something called Oh My ZSH. Oh, oh my Z- oh yeah Oh My Z Shell. Yeah, which is brilliant. I've, I, so I'm now using both of those. Um, Oh, you've, you've moved brilliant. away from Bash. Oh, you traitor. You little Z-shell person. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh. Isn't, is, is it not the same thing, then? Uh, it's, it's, just, it's like different... What is it like? So you've what got, like, you had, you, had, you had Shell initially, and then you had all these derivatives, like Bash is born again Shell. So they're slightly different. Oh, okay. Um, I think Z-shell is probably the best for, like, autocomplete and stuff like that. And uh, Oh My Z-shell is great, because I know they've got uh, Oh My Bash as well, which is, like these plug-in type architecture on top of them, which makes things a lot easier. Because, like, you know, like it will add automatically like the Git status yeah. updates and stuff, which is really cool. I've just yeah. kind of like just stuck with Bash and just got my doc files up on GitHub and just kind of every so often like find something from online and just copy and paste it into there and build up my own little thing. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, exactly. I, I think it's nice. And I, it's certainly, because I, I really, really like using using my terminal as much as I can now, so... Um, to rather than looking at a boring old white box, I've I've, I've got something now that looks a lot nicer and uh, particularly like you say with Git, like even the little things like when you like create a new branch or something like that, it'll even guess the branch names and stuff. It's just little nice features like that. I haven't even looked at what other plugins there are for it yet, but I like it. So that's pretty much it. That's all my all my picks for this week. Yeah. Yeah, fair play. The um, rest of it's been spent battling V cards up until yesterday, which uh, yeah, which I've droned on about and and finishing this site off. I'm I'm literally about a day and a half away from completing this site now, which is lovely. So Way. I've been doing a lot yeah. a lot of testing and things. So it looks really nice, man. I mean, obviously, I had a look today. I thought I was really impressed. It looks really Thank good, you. and that's your own framework as well. So, yeah, uh, it's really, it's. Re- I'm really, really pleased that you know to say that I've built the whole thing from scratch. Ooh, it's great. You have to send me a link, man. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I will. I, I can't obviously publicize it on here, but I everyone, will. it's www.codarebel.coda. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, last no. one. <laughs> FraserHeartFloristry.com. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> yes. actually, on a serious note, um, 
I don't think he's quite got his site up yet, uh, but he did say any inquiries about uh, anything like flower arrangement, because he, he does weddings, there's all sorts, but I, I think still can't just... it. it's crazy. This guy who's a web, but I suppose it works well, doesn't it? It's really it's, weird, uh, isn't it? Really weird. That, as you say, what what is it? His email Fraser at is it Fraser at Fraserheart.co.uk? And then just in the subject line, put like yeah. Forest. I think is his. I've seen yeah. a couple of emails like because he helped. He actually did one for me. Yeah, he did something for um, my friend's wedding as well. Uh, he's really good. I mean, you, you wouldn't he's expect he, it. He's would had you? years of experience, though, to be fair. And as you say, he's got wards and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it. Yeah. If there's absolutely. anyone out there that knows how to arrange a uh, chrysanthemum, it's our yes. it's our man. It's our man Fraser. See, why yeah. do you joke about these things, Lewis? You know he doesn't like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does get angry about sunflowers, doesn't he? Like he, I don't know why. He gets really, really wound up. But uh yeah, any inquiries, just Fraser at Fraserheart.co.uk. Cool. So Ed had you finished with all your hot picks? I have, I have. Yeah. Uh, it's on to you, sir. Have you got anything where you can uh I need to up my game. I really do. Cause but I, you did have a really cool one last week, though, when I listened back to it, which awesome, by the way, guys. Awesome podcast last week. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. That was great. Uh, but yeah, you did a really good one, man. Like the, uh, what was it? The audio. Yeah, we did say. And I love the back. demo that you did with Lou. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> we did say we'd look into that and explain. And um, it, it looks like, um, so all the modern browsers have built in um, speech recognition. So this plugin just taps into that, which is really cool. I, I, I I don't know how, what browsers support and which ones don't. I'm guessing all the new ones do, but how far back you could go with things like IE? It'd be IE6, won't it, I think? Really? De- no, I'm joking. No, <laughs> no idea. There's like a direct text plugin, no, activate. Yeah. No, I yeah. think it would probably just be 10, maybe 9 and 10. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, that's how it works at a very uh, crude level. So yeah. So I guess if we're all done with our hot picks and stuff. Oh, I should. Say kind of what I've been doing this week, I guess. But I same as usual, but just uh, loads of uni work, and uh, I am still playing with um, process orientated languages. I say languages. I've only looked at one so far, which is OccupyPy, uh, and that is challenging because I've never ever worked with anything other than um, anything that's basically sequential or uh, imperative languages. Yeah, I think, thank yeah. You. yeah, yeah. But now that playing with this is. It really I'm right back at the beginning now like such a noob and I have no idea what I'm doing but hopefully in a couple of weeks I'll be able to say I, I can do a little bit of Occupy and uh, maybe uh, tell you all a little bit more about that but at the moment I'm I'm far too uneducated but uh, I, I have I have similar plans to that actually once once I've finished this this site I'm I'm yeah. planning on delving into the Ruby world Ruby Ruby oh, nice yeah yeah because we did say we would do this at some time we would all look into a different language and and yeah, all to it. So I'm still up for that. Um, so if you do that, then maybe I will have a play with Ed's favourite language, Python or something. Or oh, you're gonna love it, sir. I've been playing with that. I'm making my own framework in it, but I'll talk about that at right. a later date. Okay. All right. No worries. Um, cool. Okay. Well, should we crack on with our topic for this week then? Go for gold. Which I will explain to the listeners because we keep telling them we're going to be doing certain things and then we change it. But uh, <laughs> because Fraser's away, we really did want to um, we want to get Fraser on it and also design that we used to work with, Justin. Um, so we're going to look at design at some point and, and it will be probably Justin talking a lot and I was asking him questions. But um, because Fraser's away, we're going to wait until he's back. So this week we actually had a good think about what we, we're all interested in and something that we thought we could confidently talk about. 
to a certain degree, which is MVC. Um, we we spoke the other week about object oriented programming, which I think is a good prerequisite for looking at MVC. Um, probably not absolutely necessary, but I, I think it is relevant. So we're going to look at that today. And for anyone who's never heard of MVC, we're going to have a look at it all and uh, explain to you what it is, why it's helpful, uh, and all those things. So, um, and Ed has kindly put some notes together. So I'll, I'll hand over to you at this point, Ed Man. Okay. Hello. Hello. Um, so MVC. Uh, at its high, highest level, let's just describe. So the idea of MVC is to describe and implement software constructs in terms of their individual responsibilities. So all that really means is the idea is to separate the concerns that you have an application. When applications are small, it's very easy to say it have one file and the architecture of the actual system doesn't you know, really mean anything. But when you start getting bigger applications and stuff uh, and you know, lots of logic in there and a lot of, acti- a lot of areas of activity, you do care about system design. And uh, MVC is an architectural software design pattern that helps deal with that. Um, the idea of it is that you encapsulate your data together with like related logic in models. So that's the M. Uh, you is- uh, but, and you isolate that from the manipulation, which is in the controller, and the resulting presentation, which is in the view. Uh, it, it's funny. If you do a quick Google search, I did it today, um, uh, and... If you do a quick Google search, if you do it straight after the Wikipedia entry, which is a really good um, read, actually, I definitely recommend that, is ASP.NET MVC. Um, now, that's great, you know, but you would think, you would think, well, oh, Microsoft made MVC. No, they didn't. You know, MVC's been <laughs> around for a long time, but they've kind of, I mean, they do. it's a very good implementation they've made, but it's just an implementation. It's a framework similar to, it, it's due to, it's really a result due to all the popular frame, web frameworks that have come around before it. Yeah. Um, but then, like, uh, one thing I did want to talk about for, for quickly was the what is a design pattern? Because so MVC, Model View Controller, is a software design pattern. But what is actually a software design pattern? And, and really, it's just a generalized, reusable solution to a common occurring problem in, a soft, in our software design domain. So it's really just like a br- blueprint. You can think of it as like a description or a template on how to solve a problem. Um, it's, it, they kind of are built from best practices. So they're good, you know... Things that have happened in the, in, in the real world that are like, this works out well, we use that. Um, it's not a finished design or implementation. So there are things up to your interpretation, you know, stuff like you're not going to be able to just get it off the shelf as being, oh, I want the MVC in Java. And then, you know, you have to build it up yourself. It, it, it's more generic than that, meaning it stands the test of time in just not one language. Sorry, can I just ask a quick question, actually? I, I see you pointed out that it's not Microsoft. Is there anyone or any organisation that claims to be the... the uh, the father of MVC. So it's interesting. So the MVC was actually that's actually a very good point because I'll, I'll leading on to that. So it was originally. Oh, sorry. Pro- oh, sorry, no, it was originally proposed um, for implementing graphical user interfaces at Xerox Park in like this in the in the seventies. Right. Okay. So it's not really owned by anyone per se. It was more just like a research project, I think, that you know made made up the idea of this design pattern MVC. Uh, so it's in the seventies and stuff. Okay. Um, sure. And so in the seventies and. What they thought of was the idea that you had your models, and this is just a bit more detailed. You had your models, which are your application data, your business rules, and your domain logic. And in a case like that, maybe it's a class that defines a user with an update method. So it stores the user's content, you know, the user's uh, name in there, and there may be an update method to update the name. Uh, and then you have your views, which are dumb in, in a sense, where they just output the representation of the information from that current model's state. So that would be maybe the input form to update the current user information. 
and then you'll have your controllers which connect the models and views together and so they pass the input from the view to the models update method uh, I, oh sorry I, said, right. I, I really like the um, for me the thing that really makes sense is the, the like the traffic warden example oh um, go for it I've never heard that one have you not I'm sure you told it to me but maybe That's not embarrassing. I'd... wow well you well, what my understanding was, and uh, this will lead me on to another question in a minute, but uh, the idea is that the controller is the traffic warden, and he basically says, look, mm. give me this, go and get me that, go and give me this, and he controls the flow of everything. So the models where, obviously, you've got all your business logic, but, but the, the controller is the traffic warden, and he says, go and get me this, go and get me that, and then he then gives it to the view, basically. See, that's an interesting thing, actually, because that's what I originally thought it was like, but... Mm. The views in actually the original specification for graphical user interfaces, yeah, because uh, we're very web orientated. So I'll explain that a little later on with that. But sure. the actual the actual interactions. So th this is interesting. So the actual interactions between the three things. So controllers send. Uh, 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 this is the set thing. Is to send commands to the model to update its state. So our users update method. Uh, it sends um, a commands to the associated views to change the views presentation of the model. So, yep. that's what, so that's what you were saying, and that then, and then the models though they notify its associated views and controllers when there has been a change in the state. So it's like binding, and then this allows notification. This notification allows the view to update their presentation and the controllers to change the available set of methods. And then you have the views which are just told by the controller all the information it needs for generating an output. But there is that like way where the models actually can. Um, actually, you know, call the views or publish. So that the idea is uh, the controllers will offer facilities to change the state of the model, uh, either using direct calls, such as static calls to methods, or using so uh, like a dynamic publisher-subscribe pattern, like okay. observer pattern, which is another yeah. uh, design pattern, which uses the idea that, you know, the model will say, look, this has been updated, and if a view's linked to me, like been assigned, uh, saying I would like to subscribe to your information, it can then do something with it. That's really interesting because I, I I've always thought of the controller as like the dominant part of the MVC, and I, I've always thought well, it should have been called CMV because that to me almost like follows like the order of importance. But actually, from what you're saying, it's actually the model is almost the biggest player here. It's it's very weird because I, I I didn't know this either, and it's only since like when I've been reading up on this, and also beforehand when I was looking at MV Star frameworks, which are like the JavaScript ones, where we're putting it, it really we're starting to use the way that was originally proposed because of web applications and the way they are we've had to change it around a bit yeah and, okay and um so so now we've got mvc so that's the base the idea of it is it's like a triangle so you have your model up top and your model will react with the views and it will react with the controller and the view and the controller will react together so it's in that triangle di uh, diagram shape sure uh with web applications so it became very popular, um, MVC, in the web development uh, game with the pop popularity of implementations found in Java's Struts framework and Ruby on Rails. There you go, Lee. Um, <laughs> which used the pattern to good effect. Um, and there are two common implementations found in the world. The first one is the one that we're more familiar with. And that idea is called the thin client. And the idea is that early MVC frameworks took a thin client approach that placed almost the entire model view and controller logic on the server. Actually, to be honest with you, I wouldn't say almost. I think it was all on the server. All the model, all the view, and all the controller would happen on that on that single request and response. Yeah. Uh, so in this in this approach, the client sends the request to the controller, receiving a complete updated response on the view, and the model only exists entirely on the server. So the, the client has no idea about the, what's happening. You know, it just knows about if I send this information, I'll return something back. 
Uh, this is called the passive model. Uh, that was a technical way I found it. it was called, it's called the passive model. And the idea of the passive model is the objects used in the model are completely unaware that they're being used in the MVC pattern. Because that's what we normally think. We always think, well, the model has no idea about the views. Um, but yeah. with it, it's interesting, and that's more of a Lindley approach. But it's quite interesting because that doesn't break it, it, when we fast forward to actually having this idea where models and views interact because mm. the model is doing a subscribe, a publish uh, method. So it doesn't know actually what views are actually doing. It couldn't even, it may not even be a view that's actually trying to get, you know, get information from it. And it had done, it's not tied to that view to be used. So it works that way as well. Um, so the controller notifies the view when it, uh, when it executes an operation on the model and that, that will then require the view to be updated. Um, this works well with this, as I was saying, with the web because of its strict request response cycle. Uh, because obviously the fact of the matter is we get a re we send a request and we get a response back and we don't have this dynamic interactive highly you know um, update you know things that are updating and stuff until SPA single page applications became widespread. Um, so that that then moves on to fat client. But before that, I don't know if any of you have anything to say with the passive model. Um, I don't know, but I thought it'd be a good idea to perhaps bring Lou in here and just. Um... I'll perhaps just get an, uh, some idea of his first experience with MVC, if if that's if that works with yeah. your uh, notes and stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. yeah, well, if we're going back 18 months, uh, to be honest, I, I, I didn't even really know at all what MVC was until until my first day working with you guys. Yeah. When um, I got I got sat down with you, Ed, didn't I, to go through Code Igniter. Oh, I remember it like yesterday, sir. So, <laughs> Yeah, my my introduction to web development was all about making procedural websites and and literally uh, example dot com forward slash contact dot php and that was that was pretty much you know the extent of a website URL. There was no uh, no mapping to controller methods or anything like that. And the whole phenomenon initially, I it was it was it was terrifying. I was like, what's that? You know, I didn't even I didn't even real realize that you know this way was possible. I'd never seen it before. So it. All, all I can say is that when you first look into it and you're trying to get your head around it, it can be very, very complicated. Like it could seem very, very complicated. But once you get your head around it, it's to me. To me, I mean, it is the way that I make websites. It's it's the way that for me, it's the far. It's the way that I know that I'm going to be able to organise my code best. Um, the one of the worst things you can do, I guess, is when you work with a website that you haven't worked with before, and you just searching and searching just just to even try and find the file that you're supposed to be working in and things yeah. like things like mvc frameworks i mean with if you take away um obviously any kind of, of routing process where you can manipulate the url in its kind of simplest form you could look at example.com forward slash blog forward slash posts and then yeah. and then from that you can you can deduce that you're going to be looking in a in a blog controller for a method called posts and it's so easy then to just kind of navigate your way through and all the code is organized there. Um, that controller will link to your blog model where you, you know where you get all your your, stat, your stuff out of the database. Um, it's it's just it's to me it's it's the perfect way to organize code and obviously learn learn PHP from a procedural point of view initially but I I I honestly recommend the sooner that you can get into working in an MVC style the uh the better. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you, and I, I would echo everything that you just said in, in the fact that it, it is really scary when you first go to it. I, I don't know if you're a lot of people laughing or saying, no, it's not, but 
It is. I can you know, I, do, I, I can vouch. Agree. I can vouch. I completely for it, agree. When you get yeah. when you it's, it, it seems talking. over complex until like exactly yeah. what Lewis was perfectly said is the fact that you have an when you go into a project you have an idea where controllers will be and and that's that's the fact that you know being a design pattern it's got this idea of what the structure of where things should be and how they should interact. Yeah, and and you know going back to what you said, it, it's it's a way of, it's a separation. Separation of concern the right thing to say. I'm not sure, but it, yeah, because you know, so. yeah, it's the concern, like yeah, because it's yeah. the concern. You know that the view is concerned with viewing. You know, only displaying stuff. Then the controller, as you're saying, is like the traffic warden. Yeah, and then the model is the concerned with database calls, maybe or maybe just the business logic. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a really nice way of keeping your code clean and, and concise. And the, the best thing is, it, it's the spaghetti code, isn't it? It, get, it takes all any any kind of website where you you're weaving in SQL queries with with HTML code and all that stuff, which is horrible and hard to avoid repeating. Yeah. You know, well, this, is, this is the solution. To yeah, that. yeah. I mean, if you've got people who who know just about HTML, they don't know about PHP. That it's such it's so nice then to then point them to the view where okay you, you pretty well be injecting pitch you know pitch p bits there and stuff but predominantly you get you hopefully have HTML I, I'm you know obviously referring specifically to to web um, frameworks at the moment but it's so much nicer to do that and then pass it to someone and say oh can you change this rather than giving them all your logic in there as well they don't want to see that what what's the well, point it also gives them an interface doesn't it say if you give it to a designer or someone yeah. who if you say it's less able with the code or you don't want to trust them with the code or you've got a different yeah. department or something you know say you just need to update these bits here and that's it and then you can push them live without interfering with like as you say this jumbled spaghetti code of you know a bit of view in there and a bit of logic there etc exactly yeah i'd like to um not quite now because i know we're going to discuss this later in, in your notes and stuff but uh, i'd like to get lou's um feedback on hmvc a little bit later that'd be good to uh, to bring that in so uh, sure but yeah, I'll let you crack on it. Oh, so right, yeah. So me just yabbing on. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so yeah. the fat clients uh, and fat clients are clever clients because uh, client technology, our browser, our good old Chrome, our Firefox has become crazy good now and crazy powerful with JavaScript. Um, you've got stuff like uh, frameworks such as Backbone and Angular, and they've been allow us to create MVC components and deploy them partly onto the client. Um, so this provides a similar implementation to the original GUI description that we were talking about with models being able to notify views again and with updated state. And that works really well for us because it then means that, you know, things like say, oh, my message count and stuff can be, you know, the information can be either polled or pushed to me, you know, the fact that this is updated by the model change. Uh, and you'll see this a lot in the MVC frameworks in the, in the JavaScript space. And, and that's a funny thing because there are so many MVC JavaScript frameworks, MVStar, and we'll talk about that later in the quiz where there's so many different like alternative variants of NVC. Yeah. But there's a good website that I've, I use a lot, and it's called todonvc.com. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of that. No. So it's a really great website where this guy, um, Addy, I think, he works for Google, and he's literally, uh, him and a bunch of people have worked and put on, uh, like implemented a simple to-do application, which I'm sure we all do in these, in, in our, you know, in our, um, when we first get to a language or a framework, uh, for all of the like pretty much the popular JavaScript frameworks, and so because it's a nice simple example, you can then see the differences between them because everyone's got their own idea of how they want to implement and structure their site. You know, you've got Ember doing it a certain way, you've got you know you've got Angular and Backbone doing it different ways, and it's a great way just to see a simple example 
example, because I, I like the simple examples, the page examples, which allow me then to just see, oh, so you do it this way and you can compare it easy. So that's a really good website to check out. Um, yeah. With the, so, so we've got our passive model. Now this is the active model with the fat client. And really that just, as I said, was using the observer pattern and stuff. Uh, and, uh, and because what it does then is it means then this allows unrelated views and controller components to be notified when the model has changed. So it doesn't matter. You don't break the, the factor connecting because of you using like a publish subscribe model in the case of the view to the model. You can then have the real, what the Google, you know, what MVC was meant to be like now. And you'll see that there's this kind of tie, you know, between being a backend guy who will deal with like a thin client approach. But re- now we're going with the fat clients where the client has more knowledge of what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Um, issues. Now that's a What <laughs> issues have you had with MVC? Like starting off, I can list a lot where I, okay, I'm sure you're going to probably pinpoint one of my mistakes that I made in a, one of the first projects I did at the company Ed, I used to work at. You make it sound like I enjoy pointing out your weaknesses, but uh, <laughs> there's many. I'm surprised you, you know, you don't find them, but yes, I, I do actually. I agree. But um, yeah, uh, the fat controller issue. I'm guessing you're referring yes. to. Yes. Yes, yeah. these sin of all sins. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, almost like the God class is a is a term they use, which is making something the controller should only oversee the operations of the views and models. Like as Lou, uh, as sorry, Mickey was saying, it should be the you know the traffic keeper. The model should be clever. Uh, there's a good like um, quote: "It's you should have smart models, thin controllers, and dumb views." And that's great. You know, the idea, I want my models to be smart. They know all the logic they need, whether that be ORM type base where you can get database calls or just business. Like, I want my thin controllers to be that they literally, all they do is just, as you say, like they gateway, you know, they, they're just checking, you know, the road, you know, organizing everything. And then the views are dumb enough that they don't have any real logic in there to be like, you know, you can output in HTML, then you can also output in XML and you can output in JSON with the same information that's been displayed, given to you by the controller. Yeah. Um, what I did though was I only used originally I only used I used a fat controller thin model approach where my models were literally just a, the ORM pretty much the object but the, the database it was actually just a one to one on the database whatever the table was pretty much and I did all my logic and controller um, and I was it was great at the beginning but then you soon realize it's like yeah how do you unit test this well every time you unit test it you have to use something you know you have to emulate requests and stuff you can't just abstract this model away because the model is so is actually really so entwined into the controller and that that one request that you know doing database calls and etc required you to go through the full process of hitting like the front controller which is you know the going through the request cycle so yeah it, it no one is here to judge you. I mean, but uh, throw stones <laughs> all you like. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, that happens. If you, you might lose your sponsorship from your chili cola company. So but, what was that? Um, cola chili? Oh no, <laughs> cola rebel. It makes it makes people go from fat controllers to thin controllers. <laughs> oh dear! Awful. Yeah, that just um, happened. Oh, yeah. What about oh. you, Lou? I mean, um, how much do you put in your models, and how much do you put in your uh, your controllers? I suppose it. I suppose it varies. I try. I, I definitely try and put as much as much as I can into the model because kind of the way that I've learned MVC, uh, MVC is to is to is to use the thin controller fat model program um, yeah. idea. And quite often, you know, obviously, data database work can be quite extensive sometimes. So it's the best place for it to go. I, I find that I'm that I'm definitely coding the best when I'm literally just like getting. Get, I have my controller method. The first part of that goes off to get whatever I need, and then I just literally have my array of data that I'm going to pass into the view. 
and the the simpler that I can keep that, then the better. And I kind of have a anything goes rule with my models, whatever I need to do. Um, yeah. that's that's kind of do, it. Do if it's ever going to get ugly anywhere, it's going to be in the model. But trying, trying because once once you realise where you where you need to be in that model, that's fine. You can work with it there, but. If you've got a nice clean controller and a, and a nice clean view, and you can see all that stuff, then it's then it's already going to be easier to work with. But how how you arrive at that data is not always clean cut. Do you, you like. split your model like because a, a lot of as I say, like originally when I started, I was literally a one on one relationship with tables. So I'd use the object, you know, like a user table. Do you ever split things up saying actually this can be abstracted and be you know used in other place and stuff and not relying on the fact that oh I've got a user table so I need to have a user controller maybe having an admin you know um, model as well or something you know that kind of thing or so well, user mo- yeah user model admin model but they both may link to the same database table it's just the fact that it's not that one on one relationship. Well, that's one of the golden rules of HMVC is. Um... Basically, for every table you have, you have a module, and a, and a module will have in it one controller, one model, and then however many views that you have. And the idea—I mean, I should point out—HMVC is is exclusively like how I code now as well. But a- anything that relates to that table should be contained within that module, so that by doing that, then you've got a situation where if you ever need to import that users module or that blog module to another website. In theory, all the logic that you need is 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 contained. Contained. That's the English word. Sorry, contained within that module. Well, I just, was- there there are there are times, obviously, when when you need to use more than one. I mean, for example, when you've got when you've got the the posts and categories kind of situation, then you wouldn't tend to dump all that into one place. Uh, but no, other than that, no, I really do. I try I try and try and keep everything talking to where it should be as much as possible. So actually, that segues quite well into the quiz, where the first question I wanted to ask you guys was, because of the popularity with the MVC patterns, uh, uh, they've given rise to many variants. So which of these is not one? So I've got four examples. One of these is not actually a variant of MVC. So we've got HMVC. Is. Is. MVP. And then we won't say, you don't say yet, MVP. HMV or MVVM. (laughs) <laughs> so you oh. might, which one are you going to go for sirs that's like saying M- hmvc mvc virgin megastore <laughs> i'm gonna go with mvp okay and what about you lee oh i'm gonna have to go with hmv and that's going to be embarrassing if no I'm it's not because guess what question. you've just done it sir no. <laughs> what's hmv then no hmv is not one. Oh, it is one <laughs> yeah that's what i meant yeah it, it, it one of these is not one Right. Thank God for that. So out of out of MVP, HMV, oh, yeah. or MVVM. Sorry. So what's MVP? That's what I meant. MVP. So MVP is called the Model View Presenter. Okay. Uh, and you'll see this. It, it, it is used a lot in the JavaScript world. Um, and it's the idea is that you have a so you get, instead of a controller, you have a presenter, which assumes the functionality of that middleman that you were talking about before with the controller. And yeah. the idea is that all the all the presentation logic is pushed to the presenter. And then the viewer is responsible. So the viewer is then responsible for rendering the UI elements. The view interface is used to loosely couple the presenter from its view, and then the presenter is responsible for interacting between the view and the model. And the view interface. So the view has an interface which then it can interact with, and the presenter is the idea that there's kind of this media media tree between the model and the actual presenter itself. Okay. Um, it provides like it loosely coupled. So it provides more loosely coupled views to your uh, to your models, and it's a lot easier to unit test. 
Okay. But then HMBC, I don't know if uh, Lou, you've got anything else to say. Because I was, I was interested with HMBC. Do you have any duplication? Because I was saying, you know, you said mm. like posts and categories. I was thinking, well, what happens if the categories needs to be used on its own in another? Do you have to re- duplicate that model? Or do, is there a way to kind of take bits or import certain elements? My, my way of getting around that is that a lot of the logic is, is used very, very similarly across all the modules. Uh, and the way I get around that is um, like like in Code Igniter, you had a my controller and a my model. I, I create a file that does that. So every every kind of command that's going to be exclusive across all of those modules, just like your basic CRUD functions, your inserting and updating and all that stuff, that function is only only exists in one place. So, so the trouble with that though is because you're then depending on that my model, aren't you? I suppose. Well, the, the beauty of it is because yeah, I mean, I was I was to and fro with the idea of this, and I and I thought. Obviously, the idea is to try and repeat yourself as little as possible. So in the first instance, that's the method I'm going to use. And then if it gets to something to a situation where I do need something that's a bit more complex, then I, then I just have to write one specific to the module that I'm using. That's the, that's the way that I do it. I find it really interesting because I, I'm really torn on this. I mean, um, I, I see both points of view. And I, I really like the idea, like what you're saying, you could literally, okay, you, you build a new site, and you're just going to take that module from one site and just copy, paste, job done, more or less. Um, but so making also, your own PHP plugins, I guess. Yeah, but having not done it myself, I, I do kind of think that I would somehow end up duplicating code somehow. And but, you'd have dependencies. That's the only thing I can think of which would be a bit of a pain. But then that's like the real world, really. As you say, it's just like a package that you well, can include. Well, the, the, art, the artful element to HMVC is that you try and do away with the dependencies. Everything's isolated. Mm. So so everything can be moved purely on its own. Then that's yeah, the, so the only trouble with that, then, is the duplication. That's yeah. The, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a good... I, I, I think it, the cool thing about it is the fact that it's like you can. It's a way to structure packages for the web in a in a way that makes sense for the web. Yeah, the thing, I suppose aren't you faced with that kind of situation? I mean, you're not you're not doing anything majorly different to MVC on its own anyway. You're still you're still having all your controllers and all your models and all your views, but you're just you're just compartmentalizing them into a module. So it's no different to having one one controller directory with a load of controller files in it that might all say the same thing. It's just literally grabbing the user's controller, grabbing the user's model, and grabbing all the views related to the users and sticking them inside one big directory called users. I think it's a great way of doing it just for a project. But the choice, I don't know how easy it is to take bits out and because like, it's, it's the way in everything, is it? It's like, oh, yeah, this plugin can be used anywhere and you can just paste it in. I think <laughs> actually uh, just on a level of just like for this, you know, this project uses HMBC for itself. You know, so you do have to have the dependencies still, but you have that structure because I can definitely see that structure. If you're saying like for bigger projects, it would make a lot of sense to have those these individual bits that then people can be working on in their own time. And you could also probably unit test better because you could just be interacting with that controller itself without having yeah. to go through the whole application. The big, the biggest thing that the whole the whole way of HMVC works for me is if I if I'm in a situation where well let's say let's just say I've got to make a simple blog site, I, I'm literally I'm in a position, but I've made I've made a, a previous website that that has that has a blog in it, for example. But this site on its own is literally just a blog site on its own. All all I literally need to do is go to that site and grab my blog module, my blog post module, and my blog categories module out of that, chuck it straight in. I've literally that's all I've got to do. And then the only adaptation that needs 
needs to occur is, is styling up the HTML pages. You I'm know, thinking um, you can make websites so quickly because you you've you've got something you've got code that you've already you've already made and used somewhere else. Yeah, I'm thinking. Necess- sorry, go on. Oh, sorry, mate. I was just going to say. I mean, uh, I think it's a really interesting topic and not one that we can sum up in five minutes. And and I don't know how long Fraser's on his uh, course for, but I mean, probably a natural progression from this topic is going to be frameworks and and perhaps we could even put a part of that in if you didn't mind, Lou, actually talking about how you do HMVC with, um, with CI. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That was where or, I first started doing it. Yeah, or your own framework, whatever. But, um, yeah, perhaps that's something we should um, look into in the next podcast, maybe. What so, are the, uh, I, I, my biggest concern with what I've been talking about so far is that maybe hmm. I'm not being clear. What are the, yeah. the kind of biggest things that, that you're trying to, that I need to get across that might not have been clear so far? With HMVC? yeah. I don't. Th- I think it is very clear what you're talking about. I mean, obviously, it's, the the main selling point in my mind is the modularity, the fact that you can yeah take it and drop it into another place. I think that's really well explained. Um, I think it would just be good to to look at a real example, and that's why I think something like you know, if we do talk about coding nature at some point, uh, it'd be good just to talk through how you how you do that with with CI and how it works for you and. And just give some examples, I, I guess, of modules you've made in the past and how it's worked. But, Certainly, uh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But anyway, 1-0 Lou. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, next question. Oh, okay, all right, so moving on from the... So oh, are we carry- still on the quiz? Sorry. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, carry on for that. We've got the... It's a very long quiz. Uh, carry on for that. So MVVM is model view, uh, view model. So model view and then a view model. And the idea, it's used in popular frameworks like Knockout and Angular. Uh, it was originally defined by Microsoft for the, their WPF, which is their Windows Presentation Foundation, and it's based on MVC and MVP. Uh, and the idea of it is it attempts to be more sp- clearly separate the development of user interfaces from that of the business logic and behavior in the application. So a view really should... It, it, the idea is, is that you, 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 would, um, you have to expose the entire model to, to the view, usually on the client side, if you want to be strict MVC thus sacrificing the security and the possibly incurring a performance hit because because of the way MVC actually properly does it, you know, with the fact that that model interacts with that view, you'd have to, the model would have to always be on the view. So what this does is it kind of adds a kind of a model in the view part, which is a bit clever. And, and it's quite an interesting example. So the idea of like, uh, that I got online was, um, let's imagine that we have a model containing a date in the Unix format. So it's just that long number format. And then rather than our models being aware of the user's view of that date, so maybe we want to do it in you know the British time, which is date, month, year, uh, where it would be necessary to convert the address to its display format. So we'd have to convert that to its display format. Uh, in the module and then give it to the view that way our model simply holds the raw format of the date and then our view contains the formatted date and our view model actually acts as the middleman which does the actual conversion for us okay so it's this kind of idea that there's a bit of model like, like, like helpers maybe kind of yeah it's like having a bit of model in the actual on the client because you need the bit of model that you can't give it the whole model because else that would be really bad for your business but giving a little bit making the views a bit more clever and that works really well in uh, like frameworks like Knockout and Angular. Okay. Uh, my my second question is: Which language was MVC first implemented in? And I've got three possible example, three possible uh, special languages: C, Smalltalk, or Fortran. <laughs> so we said that MVC came out in the seventies, right? Yep, that's correct, sir. Those languages were all about then. I don't know when C came out, actually. 
but probably... I think it was late seventies. I tried to make it so it was a little hard to be annoyed, but I gave you three. So, Lou, what would you think? C, small talk, or Fortran? I'm going to say C, and I'm going to say C for one reason only. It's the only one that I've heard of. (laughs) Um, Therefore, I know it definitely exists. (laughs) Oh, they all exist. exist. uh, So you didn't say that. Oh, I should have done HMB again, just carried that going. Or Rebel Cola. Um. Okay, C. I'm thinking, uh, do you ever see? Okay, I'm thinking, small talk was like one of the first OO languages, right? Or it yeah. was. And GUIs okay. and stuff like that? Yeah, and Fortran would have been around for ages by that point. And I, I think even by then, Fortran was probably becoming unpopular. So I'm going to go. Uh, it's, it's one that, that didn't. Oh, no, the, no, no, it's one that uh, did. It was the, the first one. The, one, the, the first, first one. Oh man, I'm going to go for small talk then. Boom, done it, sir. Yeah, it was yes. implemented in '76 by Tyvig, whatever his name is, in Zurich Park. Oh, <laughs> come damn. on! But yes, one that would bring us small talk. <laughs> one all. Another. Like, so we've got two more. Uh, this was a commonplace uh, in desktop GUI application implementations for the view and controller is to, for them to be combined into one so you know in desktop GUI applications and combining the view and controller to make a pretty much a clever view almost like the view model thing um what is the name for this so is it document view is it view controller or is it cv can i go first you can indeed i'm gonna go with cv okay and Luis. i think cv as well i don't know why it's document view and that's oh, what I, I, I put CV and I was thinking, I would have gone for CV as well. Yeah, document view for some reason. It's the Microsoft, I found it on Microsoft's website. Very weird. But that's, the well, more you know, the more you know. Yeah. I uh, see. I'm a Mac man these days. So uh, <laughs> uh, here we stuff go. Stuff like this slips through the net. <laughs> Where did the idea for software design patterns originate? This is interesting, this one. Which, which, which domain? I haven't got a, I haven't got possible choices, but I'll, I'll make some up. Uh, no, I won't make any up because I'll just go for it. It's, <laughs> it's a type of a designing type thing, construction type thing. Fraser Floristry Design Constructions. <laughs> Epic. Almost. Almost. Dot no? oh. com. Oh, was it dot com? Oh, I knew it was one of those. I knew the first bit was right. Can you ask the question again? So where did the idea for software design patterns originate? So the idea of design patterns have originated in others like in, in other uh, like industries. Yeah. But where did software design patterns come from? I can tell you where they didn't come from. <laughs> That's a good in, in my head. <laughs> you know what? I have no clue. So no it clue. actually came from architect. So from an architect, he was started oh, to yeah. aid in the design of buildings and cities. Okay. Uh, an architect named of uh, Christopher Alexander in the late seventies, and uh, he, he, you know, he idea that you know there was a lot of things that they reused the ideas, not the actual base implementation, but the idea, the you know, the higher level description of the thing. And yeah. then in the mid eighties, Kent Beck, and you'll know his uh, that name's uh, you know rubbished around a lot. Kent Beck and oh, Ward Kent Cummings. Beck, yeah, <laughs> yes, they I began know. experimenting with the idea of applying these patterns to programming. Kent and, Beck. Then, <laughs> and then you, and then you had the Gang of Four book, which was published in nineteen ninety four, which is the design patterns book, pretty much, but. That yeah. is, so I think no one got that. But then the last one is the fun one. Name as many PHP MVC frameworks as you can. You each get to go one after the other, trying to name how. Okay, Lee, I'll let you go first. Is this like is this like framework tennis or? It's pretty yeah. much framework. You just keep that, yeah. And PHP MVC frameworks. Okay, Code Igniter. Boom. Laravel. 
cake. Zend? Fuel. Oh. Um, cake? You oh, you're no, you're <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Mallet, mallet. <laughs> what's someone I always go on about? Um, yeah, you <laughs> your friend. Yee. Yee, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> Oh, it's my turn now, is it? Yeah, no, you're just taking oh, it away. <laughs> Kahana. Wow. Nice one, yeah. sir. Oh, hey. Uh, symphony. Oh, fuel. We've had that, haven't we? Oh, no, have we? Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, this is where I would drop in the name of my framework. I know, that's I what I wanted you to do, it. actually. I wanted, I wanted the end one to be, yeah, lose framework. Yeah, uh, dynamite. Boom. Uh, boom. <laughs> dynamite, boom. Oh, man, I'm really struggling now. Um, oh, Isn't there I, one just called PHP MVC? There probably is, actually. I only put this one in because it's fun just to think. We, we see so many MVC frameworks around. I concede defeat. I, I have no idea. No, I think you've won this week, sir. Oh, man. I can't. I can't have won. I only knew the. I knew the HMVC bit, and I knew a few names of frameworks. There's no way I could hey, have won. Sir, that. You done it, man. Because <laughs> we didn't get the design pattern one. Uh, the both of you lost. No, did you? Yeah, you both lost on the GUI one. Yeah, you done it, man. Yeah. Which uh, which frameworks respect. did we miss out on? Oh god, I I was I had no loads. Probably I didn't actually write any down. Oh. I was just thinking it'd be a laugh just to see how long you would take just to. <laughs> So does uh, Lou win a can of Rebel Cola or whatever it is? He he wins a lifetime supply of Cola Rebel. It's Cola Rebel. Wow. Uh, yeah. Be the show notes. Can I can I get the cheese flavored one? Absolutely, mate. It Fantastic. wouldn't get anything. Every every bottle of this comes with some cheddar cheese or a cheese um, of your choice. <laughs> guys, we've we've run out over the hour mark, and Don't I'm thinking you. it'd be good to maybe have a think about anything that we've missed out on and we'll we'll bring that to next week's episode and, and perhaps go into frameworks themselves. That sounds you... cool, man. I, I, we really shouldn't like say what we're going to do next on the podcast because no. we always... Just, just think, think about this, plan to look forward to the fact we're going to do this and then we're going to completely trash your dreams. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually away next week. I, I'm going skiing, but I'm, I'm con- translate into where I am during the podcast. Okay. So it might so, uh, just be me and man next week then. That'd we be are, we're going to have to get some guests on. Yeah, well, we that will. That be dangerous. Actually. Yes, yeah, we'll do yeah. that. I'm, okay. sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure the ship is in good hands with you two. It was before. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> you uh, don't know us at all. <laughs> Train work of an hour it will be. But anyway, this hour has been awesome. Um, yeah, thanks, Ed, man, for all your, your hard work. And I hope you're having fun, Fraser. Flowers yeah, and whatnot. Post some photos on Twitter. Yes, please, Twitter it. and uh, Facebook. Yeah, please don't really listen to podcasts, really get behind Fraser and send him some uh, messages of encouragement because he, he does lack confidence in his work sometimes, which is strange because he's very, very good. But, yeah, he's very good and very confident in other things, so but Lord knows. Very odd, yeah. Don't so, forget to do to do that, that thing where you, you cut them first. <laughs> that shows our That's... knowledge of flower forestry, doesn't it? <laughs> cut them. I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't remember what that bit's called. Is it just called cutting? It's pruning? Prune. Oh, oh, Fraser will be so angry. We don't I know, know. he will. He's always <laughs> talking about it, isn't it? Next, the week, the week he comes on in a couple of weeks, yeah. he's just going to go gumbo an hour of this. 
Yeah, he talks to us about it all the time and we never listen, but um, sorry, Fraser. But uh, anyway, that is a wrap, I think. So thanks everyone for listening and we will be back next week. Some of us will be at least anyway. So uh, Bye. see you I'm, then. I'm not sure where I'm going to be, but I look forward to hearing <laughs> about it. <laughs> Cheers, Bye. guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Three Devs and a Maybe. You can contact us at contact at threedevsandamaybe.com. Or follow us on Twitter at the number three, Devs and a Maybe.